Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Living Astrology with Janet Hickox. Grab your cup of coffee or your tea, sit back, and let's chat about what is happening in the stars above us today, Friday. It's finally Friday. Exciting because today Mercury goes retrograde. Did I really say that out loud? Hmm. Uh, and we have a great opportunity today to talk about a subject that I think a lot of us don't really want to talk about, and that's about boundaries. It's about limitation. And these are two things in my own life that I have bucked up against more times than I care to admit. From the time I was just a little girl where my, my parents wouldn't let me out of our backyard, I wanted to go and be free and roam the neighborhood, and they kept me in this little box. Uh, and I chafed against that. And I've done that many times throughout my life. And I'm betting that a lot of you are experiencing the same thing, this idea that it's no longer possible for us to, to go forward without the boundaries that we need in order to keep our life stable or to keep, in, uh, to keep our values intact. And of course, limitation is a word that I think, uh, especially in the new age world, we don't really want to talk about, right? We want to talk about love and light and how we're expansive and all of that. But expansion, growth and evolution cannot take place without some structure, some form. And in that um, aspect, then we also have this idea of what are boundaries and what is limitation. And as I was thinking about this yesterday's getting ready to plan for the show today, um, there's not just like one thing that's pointing us in this direction. And yet here we have Jupiter, the planet of expansion and growth, untethered from Saturn now, not in Capricorn where Saturn rules, not in Aquarius where Saturn resides, now totally in Pisces on his own untethered and ready for us to expand through imagination and creativity. But now we're talking about boundaries, right? Interesting. So today I want to break that down for us. Um, it starts with a conversation around Mercury retrograde, taking it to the next step. I know we've already talked a lot about what this Mercury retrograde is about, but today I want to take it into the aspects of uh, a chart, let's say, drawn up for Mercury's retrograde, which now is, he's in retrograde, right? That happened at about 3.38, was it this morning, my time? Yep, 3.38 West Coast time. So what is that? 6.38 for those of you on the East Coast. And uh, that means that we are now in the retrograde phase. So uh, then after breaking down Mercury retrograde a little bit further, we'll talk about the moon in Gemini, Interesting that Mercury turns retrograde while the moon is in a sign that Mercury rules. And then I want to talk about the weekend's biggest news, which will be the sun in a conjunction to Pluto. Now, this is a cycle, right? A cyclic type thing. So we have this happening once a year where the sun on his trek around the universe comes back to the same place that each of the planets is. And to uh, Sunday, it is Pluto's turn to have that uh, sun uh, burst, if you will, on him. And of course, that means for us, then we have to take a look at, well, where is that energy? And what does it bring for us over uh, the next several months, the next 12 months? So we'll be taking a look at that as well. And we're actually going to look at that through the uh, lens of astro design. So astrology and human design. Because I think when we look at it through human design, that's where we get the, the real ability to see how boundaries and limits actually provide the power structure that we need in order to move forward. So I see a lot of you checking in and saying good morning. Hello, Debbie Tibbetts Tumiel. It's good to see you. Tom Wright, he's up early. I wonder why that might be. Good morning to Christine and JLo and Amanda J. Corey and M.A. Jules and anybody else who is out there that I can't see. I'm wishing you all a pleasant morning. It is actually a pretty morning here in the Pacific Northwest. Yesterday was a gorgeous day after the clouds went away. We had rain at first and I was hoping that we'd have another day. Well, this morning I'm sitting here looking out my window and I can see Mount Rainier. And that means that there's clear weather because <laughs> there's no way I could see Mount Rainier that far away probably about 100 miles away from me. 
uh, if there wasn't going to be a clear day. So I'm excited to be able to hopefully spend some time outdoors today. Uh, let's see. Good morning, Letitia and Pam Zaruba. And she says to say hello for me. She's from Brazil. So we are going worldly. We're going global. Uh, I know Amanda J is joining us from England. Uh, some people joining us from the East Coast of the U.S., some people here in uh, the West Coast of the U.S., and then we have our Canadian contingent uh, people. So I love it that we uh, seem as a community to draw people from all around the world, even though at this particular time for us, me, it's 8 a.m., it's got to be uh, much later in the day for those of you in Europe. So happy to have you all with us. All right, let's go back to our, our fe fine-feathered friend, um, Mercury, and fine-feathered because he's often um, shown or depicted with uh, feathers around his, or wings, feathered wings around his ankles, giving him the idea of being able to fly and being able to move, right? Wings um, and feathers represent the element of air, and for the most part, Mercury is about air, and the uh, air is about sharing of ideas, bringing of information, movement. So we have a planet who has now gone into retrograde, which slows down all of those types of things. Information sharing slows down our emails or our contracts and the things that we, you know, were in the process of have all now come to literally today a standpoint, a standstill point. Um, and then we'll begin to roll backwards, meaning it gives us time to reevaluate the things that we've been doing. It also gives us a time where our communication can get fouled up because our minds are also slowing down. And as the mind slows down, it also um, causes us at times if our if our communication, our mouths, our throats are ahead of ourselves, things can come out wrong. We may find that we're saying things that we didn't mean to say and we're having to pull them back. Um, we may be thinking one thing and then another thing shows up. So everything for right now is taking a little bit of a slower view. And that includes transportation. And uh, so automobiles, planes, trains, wasn't it planes, trains and automobiles uh, to quote a movie. And those kinds of things may find slower uh, progress. And uh, it's interesting that we have been in the Mercury retrograde zone since about, since about December 29th, but even before that, notice that around the Christmas time, which was really just a couple of days before the shadow, that we were already seeing uh, issues and impacts with airlines and uh, trains and things like that being delayed for weather. Right now, we are in a point in time where we can hopefully take a look at some of the things that caused those problems and begin to institute ways in which we can get around that in some way. Now, um, this is the first retrograde of 2022, and it is occurring from uh, the 10th degree of Aquarius, and Mercury will move backward to the 24 Capricorn point. So remember when we were talking about Mercury's retrogrades this year, they're all starting in air signs, ideas and communication and possibilities and all of that, and then moving backward into earth signs, which are much more steady and much more uh, wanting to have the realistic expression of something. So we're in a position then of taking our ideas and all of the things that are moving around in our imagination and actually bringing them into uh, the reality or the real world, right? So finding an, a practical down-to-earth expression of it. And with the two signs involved, Aquarius and Capricorn, it also is stimulating our need to be more conservative or preservative in the way that we do things, meaning that we don't want to color too far outside of the lines, which I think brings us back to this idea of boundaries and limitations. But we also don't want to stifle our progress. So we have to, we're walking a bit of a tightrope as we prepare the earth, if you will, for uh, planting of the seeds of ideas and inspiration. Now, um, we have uh, another cycle, three distinct cycles with Mercury in his retrograde. We have the pre 
retrograde shadow, which we were in from December 29th until today. And then we have the retrograde part of the cycle, which is from today until February 3rd. And then, of course, we always wish that we were done with it then, but we're not so fast because we also have the retro shade, which is the uh, time period from February 3rd through 24th, while Mercury in forward motion goes back across all the places he's been during the retrograde cycle. So we're not completely through with this until well into the month of February. In fact, at the end of February, uh, four days before the end of the month. And so we have this longer period of time where we get to consider all of the things around Mercury and his retrograde. Now, when we look at a chart of, a, of an event like a retrograde, right, and I'm not going to pull up the chart for it, but when we look at the chart of an event like that, what pulls out sometimes are some of the other aspects that are involved that have an impact on the retrograde or on the conjunction of two planets or the movement of a planet into a new sign. Um, all of these types of things I would consider events. And when we look at a chart for Mercury retrograde, what we see is that Mercury is conjunct Saturn. In fact, today the retrograde is at 10 degrees, 20 minutes of the sign of, Cap of Aquarius. That's where it begins. And Saturn is at 13 degrees. So we have it's interesting, Saturn's at 13 degrees, but also in the gate 13 in our human design. Hmm, just a, I like the symmetry going on there. Um, and then we also have Uranus at 10 degrees of Taurus, uh, a fellow Earth sign to Capricorn. So what we have is Mercury in retrograde conjunct Saturn, and we have Saturn in a square to Uranus. Ergo, we have Mercury retrograde in a square to Uranus. So we have some very stringent energies piled up with this Mercury retrograde. So let's look at what some of those things might be. So when we have um, any planet that comes into a conjunction with Saturn, it tends to bring focus and concentration to the energies of that particular uh, other planet. So with Mercury, it's about the mind and it's about clear and present mind, clear and present communication. So in order to do that with Mercury in retrograde, we have to slow down the whole process, right? I'm trying to be very deliberate in the word choices I'm making this morning. I'm also trying to be very deliberate in the delivery of the information because I know Mercury in retrograde can get me tongue-tied, can get me all in a, in a mix-up. So we are uh, able then at this point to slow, if we're willing to slow things down, then we can be very aware of what the use of and power of the words and of uh, the things that we have to say, but also in the use of our mind. But one other attribute of Mercury retrograde conjunct Saturn is that we can have a tendency to become smaller in our thinking, which can translate into one of Saturn's more negative uh, aspects, which is pessimism. So we, we have good focus and concentration ability, but we also may become more narrow-minded or more small in our thinking. And we may struggle with uh, depression or what we think is depression. We may struggle with trying to uh, stay optimistic. We may lean into some of the more pessimistic things that we see happening around us. So we'll have to try to avoid getting so closed-minded or so small, but we also, because of the boundaries and limitation energy that's coming in, have to be aware of where those boundaries or where those limitations are helping us to really create something more stable, to build a foundation that's stronger, to bring a power structure to whatever it is that we're doing in our lives, whether that's in our relationships, our finances, our health, our careers, uh, all, all of the different places in the chart. And what really drives that for you as an individual is going to be the placement of both Aquarius and Capricorn in your natal charts. So if you have your natal chart, take a look at the houses that those two signs sit at, and that is going to tell you what areas of your life you need to slow things down. You need to look at the stability factor. You need to look at how to institute the power structure so that you can weather uh, the not only the Mercury retrograde, but be able to go further into the expression of who you want to be in this year. So hopefully that's helpful. Um, we also need to watch how we talk 
to one another during a period of time like this. It's real easy to get, you know, run to, running away with the words that you say. We have to become more conscious of how we are using our words and how we talk to one another is also important. Uh, or I mean, it's also important that we're paying attention to how we talk to one another, but also how we talk to ourselves. I was drawn back a little bit short yesterday. Uh, I had a really bad emotional day yesterday uh, in, you know, the sun outside kind of, you know, triggers this spring cleaning feeling, even though it's not spring, it's only January. I was aware of that, but I wanted to clean out my drawers in my bathroom. And I came across this little, this little thing, right? This little thing. And I have no idea why it was in there. But it is my son Brian's ankle bracelet from when he was born. And of course, that triggered um, a, a very, very emotional response from me yesterday. I can even go there now, but I'm not going to. Um, and one of the things that I, I was doing was really beating myself up for it being six months since he passed away. And yet I'm still so easily triggered to uh, tears. And uh, my friend Londa always there to shore me up in uh, times like this. <laughs> Reminded me to take care of me. Sorry, I didn't mean to do this today. So I'm going to recover here for a moment. <clears throat> the whole point is to remind everybody to at least be as good to yourself as you would to a friend. Because she reminded me that what would you say to a friend who was experiencing this? And I would be ever more supportive of that person than what I was being to myself. So one of the things that we get to think about during this period of time is to include ourselves in the conversations, right? Include ourselves in the idea of boundaries and limits. Um, Londa also had just written a very awesome article. I was thinking it was so inspired about how boundaries help us, right, to, to really express the truth of who we are. Well, a planet like Mercury helps us to tap into that truth of who we are. And if you don't have the boundaries and the limits, then other people can easily pull you out of um, being the authentic expression of yourself. So that is one of the things we want to watch out for, right? Now, because there's also Uranus in the, in the mix here with Uranus in a square to Saturn and now Mercury in a square to Uranus as well, we have a sort of level of excitement, some unpredictability like me having this emotional thing all of a sudden here this morning. Um, we may get unexpected news. The idea behind Uranus is it upsets the balance of things. It upsets the stuck places. It will show you where maybe the idea of boundaries and limits has gone too far, right? Where maybe you are too entrenched, too enclosed in the uh, idea of the, um, the boundaries that you have. And it leaves little room then for openness, right? For us to be, um, you know, expanding within the boundaries. So then we want to watch for those kinds of things that might come in that help us to expand in maybe a little more stepwise fashion than normal. But also watch for impulsiveness because there's a sense sometimes with <laughs> Uranus involved in any planetary configuration of our um, acting first and then thinking later and then finding, you know, the discovery that perhaps we shouldn't have taken that action. So what do we need to do with this Mercury retrograde? One, be patient. And two, be kind and gentle and compassionate, not only with others, but with yourself. Avoid, the, one of the things that um, Uranus brings to us often is the, the wanting to break free, <clears throat> right? Liberation is the key word when we have Uranus. And that wanting to break free is so powerful. Uh, you know, I find it even in myself right now with, <clears throat> the idea, <clears throat> holy cow, hold on, where we're <clears throat> straining against the ideas of, of COVID or the constraints of, of the way that our uh, culture is right now. So we have to watch that we don't just become impulsive and break for freedom. Uh, interestingly enough, 
and I don't do much with asteroids and I'm just learning how to do things with fixed stars and so forth. Uh, but one of the uh, sites that I like to go to where I draw information from was talking about this Mercury retrograde happening on an asteroid called Icarus. Now in mythology, remember Icarus was given a, a set of wings, wax wings, and his uh, father, I believe it was, taught him to try to go down the middle of two extremes, right? Not to fly too close to the sun and also not to be too in the cold, to take that middle road. And what Icarus did was in the joy of the expression of this freedom of flight, he flew too close to the sun and his wings, which were made of wax, melted and he plunges to his death in the sea. So one of the key things here then for us is to watch how impulsivity can take us down the wrong path or put us in the way of, of extreme energy. So we want to be very careful with that. And again, uh, it'll be interesting. I'm going to take a look and see where Icarus is in my own chart. And we might want to have a conversation one morning about those kinds of, of extra planetary bodies, uh, an asteroid called Icarus, for one thing. Uh, when you look at the mythology of these uh, different planets or or dwarf planets or asteroids or comets and things like that you get a sense of what it is its meaning for us here on the planet right as above so below so it's always kind of fun to to take a look at uh the mythology behind that so here we have a perfect classic example of how the mythology or art imitates what is going on here on the planet so curb your desire to break free or use it as energy to keep you going and discovering what um, more you can do to have a stable foundation in order to break into the next level using the boundaries and the limits that are stated here or in your life to help you move forward one step at a time. Okay. Uh, questions. Thank you guys. I, I, I love all of you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, there's new people out here. Alana Bailey, good to see you. Letitia, I'm so glad you can join us. Natasha, good morning to you. Loving light. Uh, good to see you out there. Uh, JLo says, look at where Aquarius and Capricorn in is your chart for this transit. Definitely, definitely. Tammy Smith, good morning. It's so good to see you. I'm looking forward to talking to you next week. Um, Christine Buckingham, totally understandable. No apologies needed. I'm learning that. Um, so Amanda J grief creeps up only a reminder of how much you, yes. Thank you. Let's go to the moon in Gemini. You know, what's funny is yesterday as I was having my little breakdown, and now this morning I'm thinking, God, the moon must be in cancer because, because that's the sign of the mother. It's the sign of emotion. But the moon isn't there. She's not there until uh, in the weekend tomorrow and Sunday. And then, of course, on Monday for the full moon. Uh, the moon is in Gemini. But it is the moon. And the moon joins the emotional mind and emotional uh, communication. And of course, then the moon here and Mercury come into a sort of joint uh, conversation around emotion, around the things that are going on in the mind. And with Mercury entering retrograde, it isn't surprising then perhaps that we're going backwards in terms of the things that we're, you know, experiencing emotionally. It might be people coming back to you in your life. Um, that trigger emotional reactions, not just tears, perhaps, but anger or upset, or maybe, you know, remembering how much you, you love somebody triggers something for you. This is also very restless energy. And I've been sort of feeling that too, where, you know, I'm wanting to go, wanting to do the best thing that I could find yesterday to help myself was one, clean my house, right? I, I was taking everything out of drawers and it, it was kind of funny, you know, having to focus the energy somewhere that all that restlessness and then uh, taking a walk, right, going out and exercising, doing some things that move the body to get some of that energy moved. 
so restless energy, nervousness, and this can become anxiety if you're not very careful with the moon here uh, and the moon's connection to Mercury and Mercury going into retrograde, conjunct Saturn and squaring Uranus. Kind of get the picture. These things are all sort of woven together here. Um, this takes us into our thinking, right? What are we thinking and focusing our minds on? Uh, the moon in Gemini's also communication is like writing or um, acting or what are we learning? Or what are we teaching? So there's a lot of, of uh, energy for communication, but needing to slow it down and be more focused in the way that you're communicating. Uh, it is also a sign for the moon where curiosity and possibility thinking is potentially there. Um, the moon, you know, gives us timing as well. So maybe it's the right timing to try, uh, you know, to listen to what it is that your mind is focused on and to be able to change your mind and change your focus. And of course, short trips, everything to do with motion and movement is uh, favored during the moon in Gemini kind of transit. But the weekend energy is, uh, it, it's in Gemini for today and early in the morning, it will switch over to cancer and cancer energy brings a whole different feel. The moon is very at home. So this is a coming home kind of energy because the moon loves it in, it, it rules the sign of cancer. So we have a really powerful connection. And this is a time where we begin to prepare for the full moon, which will be on Monday, not till later in the afternoon. So I think what we'll do is we'll talk more about the full moon on Monday in, during the broadcast. So in the with the moon in Cancer over the weekend, we might be taking a look at where uh, issues around stability or security, belonging are coming up in our lives. Remember a full moon as we're heading toward the full moon, we're in a closing of a cycle and the closing of a cycle gives us an opportunity to prepare for a new beginning or at the full moon to release something, right? We're, or we're coming into the fullness of a cycle, I should say. And that the full moon allows us to release, to let go of something that's been standing in the way of getting to where we started with the new moon. So we are preparing then for something to take us uh, completely through this cycle. This is mother energy, nurturing energy, compassionate energy, generosity in terms of giving love. Intimacy is an issue or an, an energy that comes up here. And intimacy, not as in just the physical connection, but also how we share with one another and what we share with one another. Uh, emotions and feelings right there, like right on our sleeves, right? Nurturing energy, caring energy, feeding, clothing, taking care of energy. Um, it is gut instincts and intuition. So again, the um, following of our inner voice to be in the right place, right time, right um, opportunities with the right people. And of course, as, as any sign has, we have the more uh, negative aspects. And I'm going through those with cancer and not Gemini necessarily because of the nature of the full moon, allowing us to release some of these things. Clinginess right? The need that we have that's holding us so tightly. And with Mercury going retrograde at the gate 19, where sometimes we are clinging to our needs and our desires um, and trying to fulfill those needs by helping others so much that we become more clingy. So it's a time for us to release that or possessiveness, right? Where we we're grabbing on to that uh, idea that this is mine and I've got to hold on to this and I can't let go of this. Um, it brings up two important fears, human core fears. One is the fear of rejection. Why, you know, if I go out in the world and I do what I really love and I'm really daring to be the truth of who I am, that I'm going to get rejected. People aren't going to accept me. They're going to think I'm, you know, they're, they're not going to uh, honor me or that type of feeling. Also, the fear of abandonment. They're going to walk away from me. They're going to not like me or they're going to, you know, leave me in the dust. So those two fears are big and prevalent during this this potential full moon releasing and letting go time. And of course, cancer is sometimes one of the signs that has trouble with goals. There's so much potential um, and the emotions, you know, are sort of flowing in waves and it makes it hard to determine, well, what is really important to me? What is my real goal? What is my truth? Which direction am I going? 
So again, this is pushing us again into boundaries. Cancer is the sign that opposes Capricorn. And Capricorn is uh, a sign that we have had Mercury in, that we have Venus in retrograde in, and where Pluto is, and where the sun is right now. So again, we're weaving this tapestry of this story that is really about our coming back in, setting up some boundaries, setting up a foundation so that we can eventually, as the energies begin to shift later in January and, or, and later in February, where we can again move forward. But the boundaries help us determine what's ours and what's not ours, right? Where am I being um, influenced by others and, you know, thinking that I need to be what they want me to be versus me being who I want to be, okay? I hope that makes sense to everybody. Uh, Tom, fear of success, fear of death, right? There's that too, right? There's that whole idea too. Um, Janet, after the show, play a bunch of songs with moon in the title. <laughs> um, at any rate, I could do that, except I have clients immediately after the show. So I won't be able to do that until later in the day today. Uh, but thanks. That's a great idea, actually. Um, uh, the first one that comes to my mind, Tom, and I want to say this is, is it Cat Stevens, Moon Shadow? And I don't even know that that's the name of the song, but thank you. That's a great idea. Uh, okay. So questions, comments, uh, anybody have issues with boundaries, much like me? Oh, sorry, I got tears all over my glasses. I can't see out of that eye. Um, if so, put the, your questions in the uh, chat box and I'll take a look at that. And uh, as well, if you're watching me on YouTube, please hit the thumbs up button. And if you're new here and you haven't yet subscribed, please do. And then you'll be able to get notifications if you hit the little bell of when it is that I'm coming on live. And if you're on Facebook watching me this morning, hit the like button. And also, please feel free to share uh, the broadcasts with your friends and your networks. It's a great time right now to start sharing some of these, these ideas with others. And Christine Buckingham says it makes total sense. Boundaries can be life-saving. They can be. I, they can be. Um, I have, a, uh, <laughs> I have an interesting relationship with this whole concept. I will bet you, Londa, you do too. I will bet you, Tom, you do too. Because we were all born in 1961. And at the time frame that we were all born, which was in the uh, late spring and uh, early summer, uh, summer, midsummer for you, Miss Londa, that Saturn was transiting through the gate 60. And so now I want to take our conversation to where the sun and Pluto are making their conjunction this weekend, which will be at the gate 60. So let me hold on for just one second while I share my screen uh, because I want to slides. Ooh, what's that? Hmm. Something new in StreamYard. I'm gonna have to take a look at that. Uh, Astrodienst, I don't want that one. Okay, hold on, I gotta find my, my window. Hmm. There you are. Now, let's see if I can share it. There we go. Okay, so what you guys should be seeing now is an astro design mandala. And astro design because it has both the astrology. If you look around the outer wheel, you see the zodiac signs. When you look in the center, of course, you see the beautiful body graph from human design. And then you also see around the edges here, the gates in human design and the colored in gates are activated by planets. And it will also show you by this little pie slice here, what astrology sign that the gate is a part of. And you'll notice the gate 60 is sort of straddling both Capricorn and Aquarius energy. And right now, this is the gate where we have um, the sun Pluto conjunction happening. And then the 19 right here, firmly in Aquarius energy is where Mercury is in retrograde and very close to moving backward into the gate 13, where the Saturn is sitting. So we have three energies that are very much sitting close to one another between Capricorn and Aquarius. 
And then uh, I threw in Mercury retrograde, Sun, Pluto, Saturn, Mars, and Uranus, just for extra parts of the conversation. So let's turn to the root center. The root center is this very bottom center here. And the root center is literally in the highest expression of its energy, is the energy of evolution. In the lowest energy, so if we're looking at this through the gene keys, we see the, the evolution here is the highest expression. And in the, in the shadow or the fear energy, it's uh, stress, right? And in the uh, in human design, the root center is a pressure center. And it is all about the energy that would go lights, camera, action, right? It's the pressure to, to be on task, to be prepared and to do. So the root center pressures us to move outward into the world, to uh, take our life's journeys, to go through our hero's quest, to take action on the things that are being brought to us by the other pressure center, which is the head center. What it's the pressure of inspiration and it moves down through the body then in into the root center where action can then take place. So what we have down here in the root center is the pressure to act. And a lot of times we call this pressure to act adrenalized stress. And that is translated through these nine gates that we have on the uh, root center in ambition, the gate 54 in ambition, joyfulness, the gate 58, uh, restlessness, which is uh, part of the gate uh, 38 and 53. And then we have limitation, the gate 60. We have sensitivity, the gate 19, contentiousness, also the gate 38, and provocation, the gate 39, imagination, the gate 41, neediness, also in the gate 19, and stillness, an interesting combination of energies here in this root center. And so when we're looking at a powerful uh, planetary conjunction, which is the, you know, the sun is in, is, is not necessarily in the same space as Pluto. We'd have a, a, a planetary collision, but they are occupying in depth the same area of space. So they're kind of conjoined, if you will, in their efforts and what they are representing in terms of what comes next, right? The sun is the full force of our light and our personalities and uh, our ability to live, laugh, and love, right? And then we have the planet um, Pluto that is more of the death-birth energy. So he's consistently taking us into the dark. He'll, he'll take us into the darker places where we uh, don't always want to look, where we're afraid to necessarily, you know, to go so that we can transform the fear, we can transform what we don't want to look at, what we're hesitant to embrace, so that we can become empowered. So we have two planets whose, you know, ambition and drive, if you will, is to empower us to live our light, right? So to empower us to live our light. And it does that through different lenses, right? So we could say the lens of sun in a conjunction to Neptune is about spirit and love, unconditional love. Uh, through Mercury, it would be how we speak to one another. So when we, and Venus would be about our values and about, again, our relationships. And when we have the sun conjunct Pluto, it's how do we live in the light of our power and our power in this case, coming through the gate 60. Now the gate 60 is about learning to live within limitations and boundaries. And uh, it is a very powerful energy for us that allows for innovation. So the gate three, the opposite gate here, if you can see me swirling my little cursor around the gate three, when it joins up with the gate 60 provides us a path to innovation because we've done the work, we've done the, the things that we needed to, to focus our energies. Uh, we've limited the scope of what we're experimenting on, or we have somehow put in the boundary that allows us to focus our energy on something so that when the time comes for us to evolve, we're ready to do it, right? It's not that we're evolving willy-nilly without any structure or form to support it. So here we're learning to live with the sun and Pluto in a way that the boundaries and limitations that sets us up to be empowered, to live within our, in our power, right?
Um, and a lot of times the people that have this gait defined are real adept at turning lemons into lemonade. So everybody for the foreseeable future, uh, as Pluto is going to spend quite a bit of time here now, our a ability, our ability to take the worst and turn it into the best is highlighted when we are able to stay within the boundaries and the limits. Um, and we're able then to work with the ground rules um, that will stabilize whatever it is that we're trying to create. And the difference between what, knowing the difference between what is an insurmountable uh, action and versus what presents us with an opportunity is where our power lies, right? We can't keep reaching for the stars if we don't have our feet on the planet is what I guess we could say. Um, so here we're able to become really focused on what is possible, but not what is outside the limits, right? So we can, we can look to what's possible, but we can't go to what's possible if we haven't built the structure, the stairs, the uh, steps to get there. So it's a dose of realism, right? In quantum human design, this is called the gate of realism and being uh, magical is awesome. But you have to join that with something in order to express that magic in the world. It's an alchemical process of blending magic and realism to create a power structure that supports our moving very stably into the future. Now, when we look at this in um, the world at large, right, it can be a movement toward being conservative. And not again, not as a political movement. This isn't about that. It's about conserving our energy, even preserving what's good and true and right and uh, joining that with conservatism, the ability to stay within the boundaries and the limits so that we can create sustainability, a sustainable future, right? That's what it's all about. It's not about, you know, uh, being small. It's not about staying small. It's about focusing on the right things to create a stable foundation so that we can, through boundaries and limits, reach for the stars. I hope that makes sense to everybody. So Sun and Pluto right here at the gate 60, but we also have Mercury at the gate 19. And the gate 19, remember, is a gate that attunes us to what our needs are. It attunes us to how it is that what it is we need in order to go forward where it is that we're likely to get caught up in that clinginess that that we spoke of with the moon and cancer where it is we need to focus our nurturing and our caring energy in order to build what we want from the foundation or to establish the root right the to be able to sustain the um movement uh, forward in our lives. So Mercury retrograde slowing down things right now here at the gate 19. Um, he will also retrograde. I, I should have looked at that because I didn't look exactly at what all the retrograde was 2021. Let's look at 2022s. Um, he will retrograde back to another gate here on the root center, the gate 41. And then he will retrograde in his time of, uh, conjunction to the sun with the, in the gate 60 and then move into the gate 61, which is up here on the Ajna. So uh, he's also going to spend a bit of time, more time at the root center, helping us to manage the foundation so that we can create stability to evolve, right? That's what that's all about. And I just thought I would show you by the by where Uranus and Saturn are because they are in the square, right? They are challenging one another. Saturn at the gate 13 is a challenge for us to rewrite the narrative, the stories that we've been telling, the story in uh, our lives, right? If the 13 is uh, here to share the story of humanity. It's here to share the story of our soul. This is sitting on the center of direction and the center of love. And this is where our human soul is located. If we had to find a physical placement for it. It sits in the identity center or uh, in the G center or in center mass right here in the center of our human beingness. And it is the gate 13 where we can often keep telling the stories of old. And in that continuing of the story, is it a story that where we're able to see what that what happened 
is leading us to a brighter future or do we get caught up in the ugliness of the story or the sadness in the story and not ever get beyond the old story? So the need here with Saturn is for us to get beyond our stories, <laughs> to create a new one, to write a narrative, right, about what has happened in your life or about what has happened as a collective so that we can go on. But we don't hide our heads in the sand here and ignore the fact that this happened. If we took race relations, for example, we can't hide our head in the sands and pretend that slavery never happened. We can't pretend that there isn't this divide between us still today between races. And what we need to do is to create a story, a new one, a narrative that says, yeah, we did this in our blindness, in our unconsciousness. At some point in our history, we did this. Now we are more conscious, more aware, and we are healing that wound. And as we move forward from that wound, we embrace the likeness in all of us. We embrace the differences in all of us. And we realize that we are all equal in uh, our, our you know, pursuit of happiness in our lives. So that's just one way you can use this idea of rewriting a story personally or collectively. And Uranus squaring from the gate 24, also a storytelling gate. In a way, this one is even more forcing us to look at the blessings in the story, right? Even if you're someone who has been on the negative receiving side of the old story, right? The whole, let's say the story of slavery, what are the blessings that have come up for you? If you are on the other side and you have a family lineage of having owned slaves or been a part of that slave trade, what were the blessings that you can take from having lived that? What is the awakening that has happened that can transpire? What is the liberation that can happen if we take the story and, it, and use forgiveness and not forgetting, forgiveness, which is just the suspension of judgment and create from the blessings of it all, right? Creating from the blessings. So in every story, there is a blessing, right? The blessing in disguise. We have that saying even in our in our uh, language about blessings in disguise. So what are the blessings in disguise? Let's put some focus on them and let's create a new story that is able and capable of taking us into a very positive future. And I just thought that this was interesting that Mars for about the next week and a half will be sitting at the gate 11, a very lovely gate of idealism. Right. So Mars, the action principle, the masculine principle, the principle of dynamic motion wants to take us forward with idealism. But idealism also needs form and structure, which means we also have to stay within limits and boundaries. It's all very beautiful here that when we focus on the light, right, the gate 11 or in the jinkies, the highest expression of the 11 is light right? The light of idealism that takes us into a bright future when we dare to stay within the boundaries, build a solid foundation, and then use that as the stepping stones to take our energy toward evolution. So I hope that I drove the point in that boundaries and limitations are not necessarily bad. Without them, your skin even actually provides you a sort of boundary, right? The boundary between you and the outside world the boundary between you and all of your organs and everything that's on the inside of you, your bones likewise also form that structure, that limit, that boundary. So uh, without them, you know, we would just be puddles of, you know, I don't know, meat on the ground, right? So we have to, we have to have our boundaries in order to be able to move forward. That's, or to live, right? Boundaries and limits are all a part of this. We don't, when we strain against them, then we're focusing in on the negative. When we use that as the energy to build something, then we are able to plug into um, stability and foundations. So woohoo! Um, let's see what else is going on here. Um, when is it a good time to launch the next phase of a project? You know, that's a tricky question and kind of dependent on your own chart. Was it a project that was started before Mercury was in retrograde? Is it in a part of the chart, say your chart, Melinda, where uh, Capricorn and Aquarius are? Because it might be a time right now to really establish more of the foundation. Um, 
probably the best time to take action is going to be after Mercury and Venus both turn back to forward motion. There is a date range and oh my goodness, I'm going to have to look that up. I want to say it's from February 3rd through February 24th maybe even a little bit longer, maybe into March, where all the planets will be in direct motion. So everything will be forward. So we have a window coming in February and early March where we can make that forward progress. So do everything you can now in the background to solidify, to strengthen, to empower, to build a foundation so that when we get to that point, um, we can uh, fly like Icarus here. Uh, JLo says, I have Icarus at 15 or 13, I'm sorry, and Proserpina at 13. Uh, Proserpina, isn't she a Venus character, I believe, or is she like a Persephone in, I'm not sure, I'd have to look her up uh, and would make sense. She says having 18 uh, where Pluto is. So yeah, so there we go. People are already looking at, is that the G spot? Yes, <laughs> the G center, uh, Tom, that's too funny. Uh, all right, so hopefully I answered your questions. I want to do a couple of readings this morning. Um, I, we have about 10 minutes before I have to go, so I'm going to pick three people, the first three people who tell me, I want a, a card reading. Do it now, and I will get my cards ready while I'm waiting to see who's going to pop up. And if you happen to know what kind of deck you want to have a card reading with, let me know that too. Um, how funny is that? That one came out and ooh, dragon okay so let's see what i got here tom debbie tom i'm writing these down because i don't want to put them out of order tom and debbie and amanda okay so i've got my three and i'm sorry i don't have more time to do that uh let's see tom um let's mayan Ooh, mayan tom okay that's a good one i love the mayan cards if you remember, the Mayan deck gave us some really powerful cards, uh, some readings, uh, just as we were ending uh, 2021. And I'm still surprised at the power in this deck sometimes. Okay, so, oh my goodness, I wish I had time to do readings for everybody. Tom, Language of Light is the card that you receive. And it's, God, this is, this is exactly what I was talking about with Mars. So I'm going to hold this picture up so you can see. And there's a lot of light around, but see the pinpoint in the middle. Well, with the gate 11, when we're talking about this pinpoint, right? If we, if this were the pinpoint of light and the rest were the dark, we're focusing on the pinpoint so that we are making it bigger. And I think that's what this card is trying to tell us. There's a language of light that when we focus on, uh, we make it bigger. And language of light, that has got to be a lens that we're looking at or looking through and not because it's not one of the Mayan signs. So the numbers, let's find the lenses. Why do I have such trouble finding the lenses in this book? Guess what I'm going to do when I'm done here? I am going to mark them. There we go, the lenses. Okay. And here we go. So Tom, the language of light, the card that you get is about one pointed focus, gateway, direction access, or direct access, excuse me, sound and light transmissions, devotion, sound and light healer, activation of the light body, transcendent consciousness, feelings as divine access points. This lens heralds your approach to an interdimensional gateway. Be watchful. The language of light, the energy of your divine self, is assisting you in crafting of your light body. This loving creation occurs through subtle transmissions of energy that can be sensed as pulses of light, color, sound, or heightened vibration. Drawing this card indicates that you would be served in bringing your mind into one pointed focus of awareness to receive these gifts. Remain in a devotional state of communion to receive the potent transmission of these energies. Trust and develop the sacred language. It is decoded, it is encoded in your feelings. All feelings are access points to the divine. 
you will know when you have been touched by this abstract language when you have a sudden sense of union, transcendence, or expanded perception. Learn to use your feelings as your spiritual steering mechanism. Let your heart be your compass. Allow this ancient mode of communication to spark memories of your purpose and destiny. I love it. That's for you, Tom. Language of light. Uh, let's see here. Debbie says, thank you. You pick the deck. <sighs> I am going to pick an angel guide card for you, Debbie. This is by Kyle Gray. And it is called the Angel Guide Deck. Woohoo! Almost dropped that one. Uh, okay, so this is for Debbie. Tibbetts Tumiel. Debbie, Composure. I don't think we've ever gotten this card before. So the card is called Composure. And so it looks a little bit like balance in the face of emotion. So let's do composure. Here's your message. Take time to gather your thoughts and energy because there's a good chance that you're experiencing a buildup of frustration and annoyance at this time. You are a passionate, loving, and joyful being, but at the same time, you don't want to be taken for granted or underestimated. The warrior within you wants to rise up and fight or at least prove your skills, talents, and worth. But drawing this card indicates that right now you're going, you're not going to be respected or heard in the way that you deserve. Angel wisdom is guiding you to retreat, reflect, and compose yourself before proceeding further. So take time to ask your angels and guides to help you compose your thoughts and your energy. Know that the divine hand of God is upon the situation and everyone involved, and there's no need to worry about anyone's karma but your own. Just retreat, refuel, and regain your composure. This card encourages you to step into the energy of equanimity. Equanimity is a zen-like state in which you refrain from reacting to a situation out of fear and separation. Right now, angels of pure divine light are helping you feel guarded and guided and encouraging you to recognize that you have an incredible force of love within you. So composure. That's a pretty nice card too. Uh, and one I don't think we've had here before. And let's see, the third person here was Amanda J. And she wants Mayan as well. So Amanda, let's do Mayan. These cards are so, oh, we probably should put Language of Light back in there, huh? Just in case that becomes your card too. Can't imagine <laughs> leaving out a card. Uh, uh, okay, so Amanda, Universal Movement. Uh, is your card. It is one of the numbers. It is 5, 10, 11, 12, 13. It's the, this is the symbol in the Mayan uh, language of the number 13. So the number 13 has a lot to do with ascension in the Mayan calendar. It has to do with the very feminine aspect going within and determining uh, what your next steps will be. So let's look here at the, that is not the Mayan book. About the same size though. So the number 13 is all about universal movement. The 13th tone calls forth the greater pattern. The hand of fate beckons and then catapults you free to journey home. Qualities expect a miracle. The wild card, unseen forces, unexpected change, being flexible, an open system, a touch of destiny. Sounds kind of Uranus-like here too. Interdimensional shift, a galactic wave rider. 13 is the ray of universal movement, the foundation of self within the foundation of essence self combined with the rhythm of the Trinity. 13 is the number sacred to the goddess. Evoke this grace. It is your birthright. 13 touches you with the hand of unseen forces and radical change. Drawing this card alerts you that whatever is that whatever is resisting change is unexamined or is stationary is being catalyzed into movement. Drawing this number indicates that something unexpected is coming, something that may dramatically change the course of your life. You are being touched by fate, moved through identification of ego self into the open consciousness. 
Olin, the Mayan goddess of movement, asks you to surrender to the perfection of the larger pattern of your essence self. From the perspective of surrender and trust, what movement is being called for now? Pay attention to synchronicities and seeming coincidences that jump into your awareness. 13 provides the possibility of a radical frequency phase shift, offering you limitless new openings. I love this. Become a Skywalker. Be open and flexible, allowing change, uh, allowing changing reference points to become dynamic allies, open to the workings of destiny offered by universal movement. Drawing this card says to be on the alert for a miracle. Whatever you have been offering in positive energy toward the realization of your dreams and vision is being actualized in receiving 13. This indicates the coalescing of the quantum potential of a miracle into its realization and fulfillment. Woo! Woo! 13. All right. And even if you were someone that wanted a reading and did not get one today, we've all received the benefits of the wisdom of these cards. So I hope you also feel that because we are all interconnected, that in some way, each of these cards also pertains to you. Uh, thank you all very much for joining me this morning. I wish you a wonderful weekend. I will see you on Monday morning where we will take up the full moon and look ahead at what next week holds for us. Much love to all of you. Thank you for being with me. Bye for now.